Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 37, and then Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. 8 and 37, very familiar verse. It says, Nay, in all these things we are more, everybody say more, more than conquerors through him, not in us, through him that loved us. Then turn to Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Him speaking of the adversary, the devil. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. Lord, we're so grateful. We're humbled that we have the privilege, the opportunity to be in your house, to come together and worship, to magnify your name, but to hear a word from you, Lord. We come today, Lord, to have an encounter with God. God, we could go anywhere to just go to church, but God, it's our desire today to have an encounter with you, to hear from heaven, have an open heart. And receive your word. And Lord, to respond to it. I pray for your anointing upon each every one of us to receive this. I pray for your anointing to deliver it. And that you would be pleased. And that your will would be done in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. I want to preach on this thought this morning. We shall overcome. We shall. Look at your neighbor and say, we shall overcome when we think of the word overcome we think about a lot of different things in life have any, anybody ever overcame anything sure i mean when you first started trying to walk and you stumbled and you busted your chin and you skint your knees or maybe your children you watch them do that also maybe you remember that a little bit more vividly and the child didn't give up. What if a child said, I'm done. Forget this stuff. I mean, I don't like busted lips and busted knees and keep falling. I mean, nine out of ten times of the first attempts. What if a child said that and said, I'm done? They don't. There's something built in that is a nature thing that says, I got to walk. And I'm going to keep getting back up. We don't have to tell them, oh, get back up and try it again. Don't give up now. We don't have to go to children and tell them that. Just coach them and nurture and say, hey, look, don't give up. It's going to work out. You're going to eventually get it. No, they automatically just get back up. And before long, they're walking. I mean, it, start, it happens just like that. They're, they're just trying to crawl and walk a little and fall, but then one day they just come walking in the room. And they got it. They, they, they got it. They overcame something. So there is a natural instinct given to man for us to overcome. That's how we go through life. We learn that this is a part of life. Not everything is easy. There's some difficulties in life. There's some things to learn. Remember when you first started trying to ride a bicycle? Skin elbows, cut legs, all these things, crashes, embarrassments. But there was somebody who said, you know, just keep going at it. And you just keep riding. One day you take off on that bike. You know, once they say, once you learn how to do it, you never forget it. I didn't come here to talk about life's things that are thrown at us, but I've come today with a burden. 
to talk about the most important thing in our life. And that is something we've got to overcome. And that is the fact we had nothing to do with it personally. We blame it on, all on Adam and Eve. But we're the recipients of their mistakes. Sin entered the world because of their wrong choices and decisions. And so sin entered the world. And due to that, then everybody born from that point forward was born with a sinful nature. And sin is not a minor problem. Sin is a major problem. Hello? The Bible says there's a thief that cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I mean, it kind of puts it out there plain. The devil's not here just playing games. He's here with intention to steal our lives, to kill us, and to destroy us. So sin is a destroyer. Sin, you know the old saying, sin will take you further than you want to go and it will keep you longer than you want to stay. The Bible says sin, that the way of the transgressor is hard. Sin is a bad thing. And we don't have the answer for it. We can't just say, you know what, I'm going to quit sinning. I'm done with that. I've learned from my mistakes. And I'm just going to wake up in the morning, no more sin. You know, it's like the guy who was praying one day and he said, Lord, I have not made a mistake at all. I've not said anything wrong. I've not thought anything wrong. I've not done anybody wrong whatsoever. He said, but I'm going to really need your help in the next five minutes because I'm about to get out of bed. It is just there. We, we can say, I'm not going to do that again, and we'll be doing it again before the day's up. I'm not going to use those words, or I'm not going to pick up those things. And we can say that, but there, there's this force about us because of this fleshly nature that before long we're participating in. So we don't control sin. Hello? We may lay some things down. We may improve in some areas. But sin is going to be active in our life until we overcome it. And we can't overcome it ourselves. But there is something that is so vital and is important that we overcome how? By the blood of the Lamb. We can't save ourselves. We can't quit sinning on our own. We can't get rid of the junk that sin's brought in our life. We can't get sin off of us. Once it's committed, then there's a penalty of sin, and it's death. Everybody say it's death. And that's talking about eternal destruction and damnation. And that's not good. Everybody say, that's not good. So what do we do? How do we overcome it? It's because Jesus Christ, God, robed himself in the flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God came down to this world and was born to a virgin Mary and entered this world. God himself did this. And he lived a life for 33 and a half years and he allowed his own creation. He could have called a legion of angels to come and rescue him off of the cross. He could have just stepped off the cross and said that's it. But he didn't do that. But he went through it because he was going to pay the the price of the penalty of my sin and your sins because we have no hope of doing that. We have no hope. 
We can't, we can't go and take care of the penalty. Amen? But he paid that price for us. And due to that, he can't make me come to the blood. But he will draw us. He will allow the word to be preached to us. He will let us know that we're not stuck and bound in sin without hope and going to a devil's hell without an ounce of hope. No, but he died on that cross so that there, the gospel could be birthed of death, burial, and resurrection and that all of mankind, no matter who we are, regardless of where we come from, regardless of, any, of what all we've ever done, that that blood can be applied to my life and to your life. And when that blood is applied, it don't matter the years of sin it's all gone when we go down in that watery grave and we're baptized ever say baptized in the name of Jesus hello somebody we're buried with him into his death by baptism so I'm going to just tell you a few minutes. We need to get baptized in Jesus' name because that is the authority. That is what washes our sins away. Hello, somebody. we got to have the authority of the name. And so when that happens, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, then the sin problem has been dealt with. Hello? I said this, our sins are washed, they're cleansed, they're remitted, they're not any, there anymore. God doesn't remember them anymore. We're not bound by them anymore. Hello, somebody. We're not held prisoner by them. We're not affected by them anymore. Isn't that incredible? And that's how we can be overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Because from that day forward, what do we do now? We still live in a sinful world. We still operate in this old flesh. And I got news for you, just in case you hadn't figured it out. The devil is never going to leave us alone. The devil's not going to say, oh, well, they're saved. Check them off. Lost them. No, because once saved, always saved is not the truth. Hello? The devil got kicked out of heaven. Paul said himself, if I don't die daily and I don't bring this flesh under subjection, he said, after having preached the gospel, I myself be a castaway. Speaking of hell, Paul said, after being the, uh, a missionary and a preacher, if I don't live for him every day, if I don't overcome this sin life, if I don't keep things right with God, then I'll end up being a castaway. And so what do we do now? How do we overcome? Because the devil's not going to leave us alone. He's going to be constantly at our heel. He's looking for every way to lay a trap for our life. But I got good news for you. Somebody said there's good news. Watch this. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. You see, in the Old Testament, they brought their animals to be slain once a year in the priest would take and slay that animal and get that blood and he would carry it to the high priest and the high priest would enter into the holy of holies and the high priest would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat and their sins would be pushed forward not remitted come on because sin can't be remitted by the blood of bulls and goats but only by the precious blood of Jesus Christ Peter 1 and 18 teaches us that hello clap your hands to the Lord if you don't mind and so that was fulfilled in the Old Testament. 
But now the New Testament, when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says the veil was split in twain. And now we have entrance straight into that holy of holies through the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we can walk straight to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and grace in a time of need. We, everybody said we have a high priest. And here's what our high priest is not. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched. Hello? Our high priest can be touched. And he is touched by the feelings of our infirmities, the Bible says. But it but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus was tempted with everything we've ever been tempted with. As far as a category and a, a principle He's been tempted in those areas of the flesh, but it was without sin because he came to be the penalty and to pay the price. And he could not be the perfect lamb had there ever been sin in his life. Hello? That's why he cried out on the cross, Eli, Eli, let me say, Bekathani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because at the point of death of the cross, then the, the Spirit of God departed from the body of Jesus Christ. And it did that. And this is the first time that the man Christ Jesus has ever existed without the Spirit of God in him, directing him, uh, guiding him, and being full in him. And that departed because God cannot know sin. Hello? God cannot know sin. And he was about to take on the sin of the world. And so the Spirit of God departed. And Jesus took on the sin of the world. Isn't that incredible? Can you imagine the impact? That was worse than all the pain he went through on a rugged cross was taken on the sin of the world. But it was the greater victory. Everybody say the greater victory. Now, due to this, in Hebrews 4 and 16, it says, Let us... Therefore, everybody say this word us includes me. There's nobody exempt. There's nobody left out. See, some people think, well, that's good for all you Christian folk. And I, I know it happens to some folks, but it, it can't happen to me. You know, I'm, I'm one of those who used to say that. Because I was so bound in drugs and alcohol, and I failed God. And I'd let the church down, and I'd let my mother down, I'd let me down as a teenager that I would not try to live for God again. It's not that I didn't want to. It's because I didn't believe I could because I didn't think I had what it took. I just thought I'd mess up again. I, you know, others can do it, and that's all fine and grand, but I'm just I'm bound to hell. This is it. I can't do anything but just live the way I'm living, and, and I hate it because I'd love to go to heaven. But I know that's not going to happen. But watch this. Let us, therefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in help in a time of need. The devil wants us to do this. Oh, I'm not worthy. I, I can't do it. I, I, I'd like to go get that took care of. But, but here's what we, once we have the revelation of Jesus Christ and that he died for our sins and that he loves us and he said, whosoever will, let him come, then we need to take that and say, devil, you've had your day. You've had your opportunity. You almost destroyed me, but I'm tired of being bound by you and I've learned there is an opportunity and there's a new way and I'm going to come boldly. I don't deserve it, but hell, you're not going to keep me from it. 
I'm going to come boldly. I know I'm unworthy. I know I've lived a rough life. I know all of that, but I'm coming boldly before the throne of grace because I want to obtain mercy and grace and help in a time of need. Don't let the devil talk you out of the greatest thing that will ever happen in your life. Don't let him whisper in your ear. Don't let him bind you with junk you don't think you can give up. But listen to me, friend. Come boldly. Come boldly. Because God paid a price on a cross for our sins. Come boldly. John 16 and 33 says this. Now, I don't know if you noticed it. We live in a real world. I, I used to tell Clay when he was a young teen, I'd say, yeah, one of these days you're going to get in a real world. He looked at me and said, what do you think I'm in now? This is as real as it gets. Well, I said, you'll find out. So a few years back, not very long ago, I said, hey, son, you, you remember me telling you about that real world? He said, oh, yeah. Hello? The world is a problem. The world doesn't love the things of God. The Bible says if the love of the world is in you, the love of the Father is not. The Bible says love not the world nor the things of the world. Why does it tell us that? Because the world creates a problem for us. The world opposes. The world wants to draw us into it. It's like a vacuum into a, a, a septic, if you will. It wants to destroy us. It wants us to get involved with things that would distract us away from God. It wants us to clothe our lives with ways of the world that are opposing of God and that will consume our heart, our interest, and all of our time because that is a tool that the adversary uses. It's been from the beginning of time since the fall of man that the things of this world have been a coaching and a leading and an ushering of mankind into things that will destroy him. And so that's why the world is so warned of us. Don't, don't love the things of this world. You know, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. Hello? So what do we do? I mean, we live here, folks. So how do we overcome this world? There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of peer pressure. There's a lot of temptation. It's everywhere you go. I don't even like walking in the mall. I'm not a shopper, so that's not a big deal. But there's just stuff there. There's things I don't like to see. I know we got to go and we got to occupy and we can't just shelter ourselves, but we ought to be able to tell there's something wrong in this world. When you're on social media, when you open up the newspaper, when you go in places, there's something wrong. The world is impacting our generations in a very negative and very destructive way. We can't even comprehend why folks think what they think. How can people accept what's being accepted today? How can the church accept what's being accepted today? How can religion accept what pe what is being? I'll tell you how. It's because the ch the world has found a front seat and a, 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 a steering wheel of the church and a religion. Hello? This all right? It's not in my notes, but it's reality. So what am I going to do about this world? Just say, well, I'm going to do the best I can. Hope it comes out. No, no, no. Don't do that. We got too good of a way. To overcome this world. Watch what the Bible says. In John chapter 16 and verse 33. These things I've spoken to you. That you might have peace. 
In the world you shall have tribulation. It's there, folks. But be of good cheer. Look at your neighbor and say, be of good cheer. Smile. Take the load off. We're not stuck in this world without a chance or without a hope at all. But we have hope. Everybody say, we have hope. He said, be of good cheer. Jesus stands up and said, I overcome the world. <laughs> he said, I was, I'm paraphrasing now. He's saying, I was born in this world. I dealt with man. I dealt with temptation. I dealt with the devil. I dealt with the Roman soldiers. I dealt with the cross. I dealt with death. I dealt with the grave. But I want you to know, I overcame this world. And because I overcame this world, you can overcome this world. He went and made a way for us. Don't tell me you got to give into this world. Don't tell me you got to give into the ways of this world. Because Jesus overcame the world. And that's why he said, be of good cheer. I got good news for you. You don't have to be bound by this world. You don't have to fall into the ways of this world. I'm, can I just go ahead and say this? I, I'm just amazed at how some parents, and I'm not getting into parenthood, and they wonder how things happen the way they happen. I'm going, hello? And that's all I'm going to say right now. We'll save a little more for Wednesday night. But come on, folks. We can't expect our kids not to love the world when we're putting them in it. We, we can't expect our kids not to love the ways of the world when we're allowing fashion to govern how they dress. Fashion trumps, come on, modesty. No, modesty and godliness should trump everything. What am I preaching about? I'm not a clothesline preacher to you this morning, but I'm preaching about let's get out of this world. Let's don't love this world. Let's not let the world raise our children. Let's not let that spirit get deep into their hearts, but let's point them to a place called Calvary. Let's lead them in a way of godliness, and let's send a message to them that says, I know school is a hellhole sometimes, and I know that the world is full of problems, but I got good news to tell you. You can overcome the world because we are serving of the Most High God, Jesus overcame the world. The Greek word translated for overcome means to defeat. Everybody say defeat. To win a victory like a contest or a military conflict. That word overcomes means we won. We're in heated battle. We might have got wounded a little bit. It was times that it looks like we were pushed in a corner. We might not come out, but we're not in this alone. Be not discouraged. Be not dismayed, for the battle is not yours. Hello, somebody. We're not fighting this all alone. But if we are a child of God, or if you want to become a child of God, just call on that name that is above every name and cry out to Jesus and say, I don't want to be of this world. I don't want to love the things of this world. I don't want to be vacuumed by this world. But we want to serve him. Oh, praise God. Everybody say, I want to win. Nobody wants to be a loser. And life doesn't have a record of five and five. Hello? It has quarters and it has plays. But there's only one final score. It's either win or lose. It's not winning. You might be winning for a while, losing for a while, but the final score 
It's when the Lord calls our number. And that's what's going to matter. We're going to win or we're going to lose. I believe I'm preaching to people this morning that says, you know what, I want to win. I, I don't matter if I get rich on this life or if I stay poor. I want to win. It doesn't matter if, if, if my kids have the greatest things that the world could offer them. I just want them to win. I, I, it doesn't matter if they're a part of this or if they're a part of that. If they have this and I can buy them, that, that, you know, that's not really important. When the buck stops and what meets the, well, the rubber meets the road, what matters? And my, is my child going to win this race? Come on. Is my child going to go to heaven? Is my child going to live eternity in heaven? Or is my child going to burn in a devil's hell where it never belonged? A hell that was not created for my child. A, de- a, a hell that was created for the devil and all of his angels. Come on, somebody. We played that role. We did a baby dedication this morning. You know why these parents say, I want them to win. I I have a responsibility, and I want them to win. And my choices and my lifestyles and and my dedications and my consecrations and what I teach them are going to help determine whether they win or whether they lose. Everybody say, I want to win. Philippians 4 and 13 says this, I can do. All things through Christ. Watch this now. Sometimes we try and do all that on our own. We leave that through Christ out of it. I can do all things. Remember when we thought we were 10 foot tall and bulletproof? We had the answer to everything. Nobody couldn't tell us nothing. We could figure it all out. We can make it happen. How'd that work out? It don't, does it? No. Wake up calls coming. And we realize we don't have the answers. We can't make it happen. We can't fix all our problems. We're not 10 foot tall and bulletproof. We're human and we're frail and we're fragile and we, we make mistakes and we, we live in a problematic world. But we're not alone. I, I, I can do all things. That sounds tough. Sounds like I know it all. Well, you got all the answers, but the rest of the story is not in my ability, not in my wisdom, and not in all the things that I can produce. But through Christ. Through Him, through His Word, through His ways, through His blood, through the testimony, through Calvary, through a daily prayer life, through repenting every day, through doing our best to serve Him, through Christ who strengthens. My strength is in my, not myself. Your strength is not in yourself, but our strength is in Jesus Christ who overcame the world. Everybody said we are overcomers. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. We love this scripture, but we just like to quote part of it. You know, we got a hat for that. Remember, it says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's true. But let's look back up and read the whole verse. It says, you are of God, little children. Watch this, and have overcome. Isn't that, that's positive. You're of God, little children, and have overcome. You know how you got here? You know how you're still living for God? You know why you hadn't thrown in the towel? You know why the devil hasn't been able to count you out on the countdown? It's because you've learned something that I am an overcomer. We're determined the devil's not going to win. We got to win. I don't care if I got to scratch, fight, bite, whatever I got to do. If I got to fight hell every single day of my life like Paul did. Hello, somebody. But we got to stay in the game. We got to stay in the race. Why? Because we're the children of God. 
God, and we have overcome. You're where you're at today because you've overcome some stuff. The devil didn't give you a freeway to where you're at. I mean, the devil hadn't just let it be a piece of cake. If you've been born again, you fought some battles. You've gone through some low seasons. You struggled sometimes. You wondered if you was going to survive it. But you did. Because you knew where to go to. You really knew what to do. I got to get back to praying. I got to get back to being faithful to church. I got to get back in the Word. I got to get back making my mind up that we're going to live for God. And you overcame. Somebody say, I overcame. And then we have to realize this. Because it says, and have overcome because greater is he that is in us, that is in you, than he that is in the world. The reason we overcame, we're greater is the one that's living inside of me and you and all the world. I'd be no match for this world. But the one that lives inside of me, you know what? That's why it's so important to have him living inside of you. That's why it's vital. Because we can't do it on our own. Oh, praise God, I've got to be conscious of time. Everybody said, I can't do it on my own. Psalm 124 and 1 deals with that. Shares a little bit of testimony. It says in verse 1, if it had not been, we could stop right here. We could just preach a message right there. Had it not been for the Lord who's on our side. I'm telling you, folks, I hope this is encouraging. Because in ourselves, we, we, there's no way we can win this thing. I mean, we look at all of our, you know, inadequacies and our flaws and our faults and our failures. We say, man, I didn't even know, there's no need to even bother. But through Christ, who strengthens us, we can do this. And if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side. Come on, say it with me. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, where would I be? How long ago would I have failed? Would I be in prison today? Would I be in a grave today? Would I be in an insane asylum? Would I be a, a junkie today? Would I be an alcoholic today? Would I have lost everything years ago had it not been for the Lord? How far from God would I have been? How much different would your life be today if it had not been for the Lord? Would you be holding that little man right now that was not given any much hope at all in a hospital if it had not been for the Lord who intervened who healed his body come on somebody if it had not been for the Lord you'd still be on alcohol you'd still be on drugs you'd still be bound by sin but thank God he is on our side and when we didn't have the strength when we couldn't overcome it he gave us what we needed if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, and it gives a long list of things. I want to ask you, how many times did the devil have you trapped and thought, got them, I got them, this is it, they're done. To see a hand reach to heaven. <laughs> Woo! And say, Jesus, help me. 
get me out of this horrible pit, out of this miry clay. And the Lord lift us out of that pit, that miry clay. Go to the book of Psalms uh, and read chapter 40, and you'll find out that he pulled him out of that pit and that miry clay, and he set his foot upon a rock to stay, and he established his goings, uh, and he put a new song in his mouth. Had it not been for the Lord who was on our side, I'd still be in the pit. We'd still be in the miry clay. But thank God today our foot is on the rock, uh, and he has established the way we should live our lives. He's put joy in our soul. He's given us a reason to live and a purpose. Let's stand together. Yesterday while visiting in the hospital center with Sister Kid, when I left there, my mind began to think where she's at, struggling with cancer. It appears that cancer will overcome her in a very short period of time. The process has began that we're well too familiar with. I thought how unfair and how wrong and how bad this stuff is that I hate cancer with everything in me. But then I thought of the writer who said, if I had hope, in this world only, I would be of all men most miserable. <laughs> then I thought about, no, cancer, you're not overcoming her. You may overcome her body, but you're not overcoming her. Because when that body ceases to exist, when that breath is no longer there, and that heart no longer beats, that soul is alive and well. But I'll tell you what, she's going to overcome all of this world. She's going to overcome all of cancer and what it's done to her. She's going to overcome it by the blood of Jesus Christ and the word of her testimony. And that word of her testimony was, I'm going to live for him no matter what comes my way, no matter what happens in my life. We're going to live for him. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 58. I don't know if I'll go through all of this. He said, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. It's going to happen quick. I know it's, this, this is not some fairy tale. This is true. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. That's, that's pretty quick. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound. There's some strange things going to go on earth with a trumpet sound. And the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. <laughs> so when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption. And this mortal shall have put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written. Death is swallowed up. In victory we shall overcome this thing called death and the grave. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Kind of mocking death. Oh, grave, where is your victory at now? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. Everybody say the victory. <laughs> Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God. Death 
What happened to your stained grave? What happened to your victory? There's something beyond death, and there's something beyond the grave, and it's called eternity. Thank God for the victory. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast. Now he's going to preach to us a little bit. Knowing this, you better be steadfast. Unmovable. Don't let anything move you away from God. Because one day, one day, we're going to need to become incorruptible. One day, we're going to become immortal. And we're going to go spend eternity with Jesus Christ. And that's why we've got to be unmovable. Look at your neighbor and say, be steadfast, be unmovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And we're going to go a little further. And we'll go to Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 through 7 in closing. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And we're talking about those that made the rapture, those that were who died in Christ Jesus and was raised when the trumpet sounded. And they met the Lord in the air, and there shall we ever be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Don't you want to see it? Hello? For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Don't you want to see that? And I heard a great voice. Don't you want to hear that? Out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself, I want to see this, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Watch this. Don't you want this to happen to your life and to your family? And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes once and for all, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, nor there shall be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. I'm telling you that list is something that's brought us much anguish and heartache, but it's going to be gone forever. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. He said to me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. And verse 7, verse 7, before I close, this is what's going to happen to those that does this next part. He that overcometh <laughs> shall inherit all the above, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Every head bowed, every eye closed, if you don't mind. Let's get our thoughts on the one who gave his life, who loves us, who overcame the world, who overcame death and grave. Look what he's promised us. A new heaven, a new earth. Look what he's promised us. He's going to be with us. He'll be our God and we'll be his children. Look what he's promised. He's going to wipe away all tears from our eyes and there won't be any more death, sorrow, crying, any kind of pain because they're gone. He said, I will give unto him that is a thirst the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all these things. That's why we got to keep moving forward. That's why we can't throw in the towel. That's why when we struggle, we need to get it right. 
That's why we got to keep on moving forward in Christ. And that's why, my friend, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, if you have yet to experience the most wonderful gift of mankind, you don't have to be bound by the world or by sin. You don't have to go to a devil's hell and spend eternity. You don't have to lead your children there. But there's a choice if you'll overcome. The opportunity said, any man come, let him, any man thirst, let him come. Whosoever will, let him come. Nobody's left out. Nobody is excluded. But everybody is invited. The altars are always open. But I reach, God's reaching for you while nobody's looking around. Why don't you think about the Lord today? Why don't you forget about next week or next year? And let's just think about eternity. What do I really want there? How do I really want this to come? How important is that to me? I've got to overcome. And I start at the foot of Calvary. I start by overcoming this sin, going to the one who did and asking the forgiveness of my sin, asking him to help me overcome the sins of this world being washed by the blood of Jesus, being baptized in His precious name, being filled by the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost, and overcoming every single day until that final overcoming. And we reach eternity. Would you come today, sir? Ma'am, would you consider, i got to overcome.